welcome to The Green Urbanist, a podcast for urbanists fighting climate change. I'm Ross. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Green Urbanist podcast. I'm Ross O'Kelly, as always. Um, I'm recording this on the 27th of December, 2021. Probably you're listening to this in the new year, so happy new year. Um, I'm, uh, today's episode is called The Problem with Net Zero Carbon. And really what sparked this episode is a LinkedIn post that I made about a week ago, um, which seemed to hit a nerve and it got quite a lot of reaction from people. Um, and instead of going through and just spending loads of time on social media, which I don't really like doing, um, and sending comments back and forth to people, I'm just gonna sort of use this episode as a, as a mode for sort of um enlarging on that conversation and 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 sharing my thinking um and that kind of thing and also sharing how people have challenged me and corrected me on what i said so the post in question was about mcdonald's yes the burger restaurant uh mcdonald's of all things mcdonald's have released um they've they've built their first uh, their first net zero carbon restaurant, and what they say is the UK's first net zero restaurant. Um, I saw this article in DZine, so dzine.com. And, um, you know, I read through it, um, and I just had the sense that there was a much bigger story here. Okay, so if I begin, I just tell you a bit about um, this McDonald's store. In case you've missed it, you haven't seen this in the news, um, I'll just read a few quotes from the Dizine article so you get a sense. So McDonald's opens UK's first net zero restaurant. Fast food chain McDonald's has opened what it claims is the UK's first net zero carbon restaurant building, built using natural or recycled materials and powered by a combination of wind turbines and solar panels. The restaurant in Market Drayton, Shropshire, was designed to meet net zero standards in both its construction and everyday operation. However, McDonald's confirmed to DZine that consumption-based emissions associated with its beef-heavy menu have not been taken into account, meaning that the restaurant overall is not net zero in the strictest sense. So essentially the building is uh, first, you know, obviously the first of its kind. It says it plans to use the design as a blueprint for McDonald's new builds around the UK from 2022. And they've got a number of other things like um, uh, they've got some circularity, um, circ- sort of circular economy things. They've made use of recycled materials instead of uh, virgin materials. That's good. Um, it's got renewable energy. It's got two uh, wind turbines and 92 square meters of solar panels on site. They have, of course, made use of carbon offsetting. So this is where net zero, you know, that word net, that word net is really important because, uh, you know, just to quote from the article, it says... Um, McDonald's said that where it could not decarbonize beyond construction impacts, energy use, and producing renewable power, it neutralized any remaining emissions with high-quality carbon removal projects. So not much detail on what those um, offsetting things are. Yeah, and that's basically it. So that's the story. But if you look at this building, I mean, it's, it's think of every McDonald's you've seen on the side of a motorway or the side of a dual carriageway away from any sort of town. It's just a box in an in an open site with a car park and a drive-through. I don't know about you, but that's not what I think of when I think of a future where we're not emitting any carbon is a 
destination in the middle of nowhere where you have to drive to it um, in a horrible environment on the side of a dual carriageway. Now, <laughs> I shared these 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 frustrations as such in my LinkedIn post. I'm going to read out the post and then uh, maybe go through some of the responses that I got, um, which were unexpected and interesting. Um, so here's the post that I made on LinkedIn six days ago, just before Christmas, of course. So here's a big problem we need to talk about. Net zero carbon means different things in different situations. We all get to define what we mean by net zero, i.e. what we include in our calculations to suit our project. McDonald's reckon they've built the UK's first net zero restaurant, but look where it's located. It's only accessible by motor vehicles. There are no pedestrian paths or bike lanes leading to the restaurant. It's on the outer edge of a small town. Clearly McDonald's is not including the movement of its patrons in its net zero calculations. Neither are they including the environmental cost of the the food they produce, which is heavy on factory farmed meat and highly processed junk. As corporations jump to show off their sustainability credentials, we will see more and more projects that are officially net zero, but are far from being actually net zero. It's all a bit confusing, right? That's the end of the post. Now this, usually when I post on LinkedIn, I get like a few likes and one or two comments, (laughs) if I'm lucky. (laughs) this in the last six days alone this post has been viewed over forty-one thousand times um 500 people have liked it or reacted to it 70 people have commented on it and something like 19 people have reshared it sometimes with their own you know adding their own sort of twist on it i've got a really interesting cross-section of responses here um many people supporting my view and saying uh, yeah, net zero is, there's real problems with this. It can be used for greenwashing and corp, you know, corporations are now starting to use it. They don't really communicate what it is very well and they just use it as a way of showing off their sustainability credentials without actually having to do, do things properly. Um, many people who just seem incredibly jaded saying things like net zero equals greenwashing, end of discussion, <laughs> which is, I mean, I think that's going a bit far because... I mean, net zero carbon is, it's just a measure, it's just a measurement. It's just a, you know, it's like saying that road is five kilometers long. You know, it, it is, it is what it is. If something is net zero and we do objectively need to reach net zero as organizations and as um, societies, you know, so that's, so I think the concept by itself is um, sound. It's just the fact that it's kind of complex and it's a bit murky. Um, and as I said, everyone defines it a bit differently and depending on the project it gets defined different ways so people say we've reached net zero carbon and then you know the fine print down the bottom is oh yeah but we're not looking at transport or our supply chain or the way we produce food or you know etc etc so it's it's not actually net zero carbon but the little subset of things that we've included in our calculations we've managed to get to net zero um so yes there is problems with that uh you know a couple of people here saying I won't read out anyone's name in the comments because, I mean, I'm, I'm not here to sort of name and shame people, but um, you, if you can go and see everyone who's commented if you go to my LinkedIn page. You know, someone says, unless they stop selling meat products, it's not net zero. This is just greenwashing corporate waffle. Someone says, it says UK's first net zero carbon restaurant building. More details in the article say that this restaurant is only net zero considering the power supplies of the restaurants. 
Greenwashing can be so awkward when it is done wrong. But maybe they will surprise us with a green hydrogen nuggets menu with CO2 glasses from Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah, someone else has said, All the net zero carbon credits, biodiversity net gain, and associated similar pseudometrics are a scam. And someone else has replied under it saying, It's all a scam. All of it. So some really jaded um, environmentalists here in the comments, which is kind of sad to see, in a sense. Now, not everyone was supportive um, of the post that I made. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of funny, like McDonald's giant corporation. Like, I don't think they're going to have, I don't think their feelings are going to be hurt by my little LinkedIn post. But some people defended McDonald's. But some people made very uh, fair comments. And I think it's fair that I absorb those, take those on board and, and respond to them. So I'm going to read out a few of those and just sort of test my thinking with it. Someone says, fair enough, but where do you draw the line? McDonald's could open a place in a town centre and people may still drive there. Is that their responsibility? Aside from that, I do agree that there is too much greenwashing going on. Independently set standards are required to keep companies accountable when it comes to their relationship with the environment. No point in in allowing them to set their own standards and pat themselves on the back. So yes, second part of that, totally agree. First part, he says, uh, they could open a place in a town centre and people may still drive there. Is that their responsibility? So this is, is I do feel, is an element of lazy thinking, which is, but also a, a, it shows this sort of individualist thinking, which is saying, well, I'm just a business owner, I'm going to do my thing, and the way people act is their responsibility. Like, I don't have a responsibility to... Um, the, the 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 effect that I have on my customers or indeed how my customers act in relation to my building. Um, this is kind of ideological in a sense, you know, it's sort of like individualism versus collectivism. Um, I disagree with that because, I mean, individuals really only exist in a vacuum. Once you're in society, once you're in a marketplace, then you're part of networks and you have relationships and everything is about relationships between people, between people and organizations, uh, businesses. If and, and, and it really gets to the heart of what is my real problem with this McDonald's store, which is on the edge of a small town called Market Drayton in Shropshire in England. It's uh, beside a roundabout. It's uh, basically wedged between two dual carriageways. It's got a big car park. As I said, you can't walk or cycle there. I presume there's no bus route there because it's just on the edge of town. So it's just a it's it's a another example of car dependent nowheresville. It just it doesn't create a place. All it is is a restaurant on an open site next to a busy road, and that is like twentieth century thinking. That's that's a model that is based. It's a business model that's based on cheap oil everyone is an individual driving around in their individual car and they need to stop by at the side of the road on their long journey to get a Big Mac and a milkshake. That to me is just so outdated. And if we're, you know, one thing is to keep building that, but another thing is to build it and say that it's net zero and say this is the future. Um, Yes, companies do have uh, a responsibility in how they affect the behaviour of the wider public and of their customers. If you build um, a destination, a restaurant, um, somewhere where you have to drive to get there, then you're, you know, you're, of course, that's your responsibility that people have to get in a car and drive there and you're encouraging further car dependency. 
Um, and, you know, so I would prefer, yes, if McDonald's had opened this in a town centre. Um, it would m probably be more difficult for them to get solar panels on it. You probably couldn't get the sort of little wind turbines that they have if it was in a town centre, of course. So there's, you know, there's pros and cons. But if it's in a town centre, at least people can walk there, people can cycle there, people can pay, take public transport there. And it also supports the wider business ecosystem within a place so yes absolutely i would prefer and mcdonald's should be considering that and any any company should be thinking can we locate somewhere where we're part of a real place this is about place making okay i'm an urban designer not an engineer um so this is about place making about creating places that are actually sustainable will stand the test of time where people want to live um, and can support people in sustainable lifestyles. So that's, I think that's really, maybe I didn't communicate that fully in my post. I was just looking at the net zero carbon element of it. But I, you know, want us to live in a society where, or live in, maybe I should say, live in environments, in urban environments, where, you know, not only is everything technically net zero carbon, eventually, but it isn't dependent on us all driving around in electric vehicles it's a place where you can it's a good environment to walk in it's a good environment to have children in i mean it's a mcdonald's for goodness sake you're going to bring kids there <laughs> you know it, it should be an environment that's conducive to to be near parks be near other um, facilities that children will use but of course that's not only up to mcdonald's they're not the only you know player involved here um it's also about the architects the uh, planning consultants the developer the uh, the council, the local council, um, and all of the regulatory background, the policy framework, and all of that should be setting us up so that we're not building car-dependent, out-of-town destinations like this anymore. We should be building real places, as I said. So, yes, I'm criticising McDonald's. I'm also um, criticising the wider planning system that allows this to keep happening, that allows these unsustainable places to keep being built on greenfield sites. Someone says, small steps, but it is still a positive thing and sets good example for the competitors and others looking at similar style buildings. The net zero road isn't going to be easy, straightforward or cheap. And whilst I do agree with the points you raise regarding transport and food production, purely from an engineering perspective, this could become the standard for all new similar builds. And yeah, that's definitely what McDonald's are looking at in this design article. They say they're looking, this is like the first example of a net zero shell. I mean, you know, McDonald's, they use the same building design everywhere. It's just a standard template, which makes sense if you're a big company building a lot of things. It's like standard house types, I guess, for uh, big house builders. And they said this is this is going to be a new blueprint for new McDonald's, uh, new builds of McDonald's around the UK from 2022 uh, and says with some of the sustainability measures already being implemented at other outlets. So yeah, I mean that makes perfect sense. But again, if you're if you're going to find a standard template, can we find something that actually fits, can fit into the urban fabric? And you know, personally, what I think is is would be much more interesting and much more sustainable is instead of having a template for building new sites on greenfield land where you're digging up soil and you're destroying a, you know, a natural environment that's there. Um, have a template for doing retrofits um, in town centres in existing buildings. Um, there are McDonald's, of course, in existing buildings where they retrofit. And the real question is, you know, can they do more of that and make that sustainable? 
Um, okay, someone here has a uh, a comment to make on the fact that I um, that I criticize McDonald's food. Okay, so the point about location is legitimate and undermines, though not though surely not fatally, claims about its sustainability. However, it's a cheap and largely unsubstantiated claim to say Mackey's is heavy on factory farm meat and processed junk. That's my quote from my post. He goes on to say, like or load the food, they're one of the biggest consumers of organic milk and free-range product, uh, free-range eggs in the UK. Coffee is Rainforest Alliance certified. Fish is fully uh, MSC. Pork and chicken is from RSPCA, short farms, etc. They've been investing and involved in improved, uh, improving the sustainability of British farming for years. And with such massive purchasing power, they aren't only improving for themselves, but driving it for the whole sector. I think this is a bit of a McJobs situation. I don't really know what that reference means, but okay. For some reason, snobbery perhaps, people assume ubiquity equals low standard or low value. The company is by no means perfect, but it's better than many, and it's moving further and faster than most across a whole range of sustainability and social criteria. Yeah, I I don't know enough about... Okay, fair enough. I assumed McDonald's food was, you know, just pretty rubbish. Um, this guy says they have all sorts of certifications saying that actually their food is pretty good quality. I mean, I will never admit that McDonald's is actually healthy for you. Um, but, you know, that's not really what he's saying. He's saying that actually they're pretty responsible with their sourcing. Fair enough, that might be the case. I haven't really done the um, research to figure out if that's uh, if that's true or not. Um, but certainly they seem to meet, um, They certainly within their British restaurants, they seem to meet certain levels of of quality so fair enough maybe i'm I, I was maybe i was overzealous with my criticism of mcdonald's food um you still won't catch me eating it anytime soon so someone uh got another very valid criticism here um which i think i should respond to um this guy says would it be preferable if they had built their typical restaurant and be less apologetic about the excessive consumption it is baby steps, and maybe Burger King should be criticised for not being first. You are making a very easy critici- criticism of a high-profile company who just did a little better. Also, there is a pedestrian access to the adjacent industrial estate who, along with passing motorists, are probably the target audience. Our high streets are also literally littered with McDonald's restaurants, so there are plenty that are pedestrian accessible. I'm by no means saying McDonald's are doing well, yet, mostly because I have no idea if they are and how to quantify it, but improvements should be supported and encouraged. Someone else, well, yeah, there's a couple of responses um, to this uh, from other people. Someone else replied to this comment and said, I believe baby steps by companies that could take large strides towards improving are perhaps not enough. I think the issue is with the use of net zero as a catch-all for small improvements where you might... Oh, God, this is actually a really long comment. Let's see. Okay, catch-all for small improvements where you might get enough boxes ticked on a net zero checklist to certify, but overall the action taken doesn't lead to reduced emissions. If this is allowed, then action taken by companies will stay performative and forever be small. The point raised here is the same that's been an issue with terms like sustainable and green as they've been overused for greenwashing. A big company that just did a little better is better than a big company that didn't, but a little better won't resolve the issue. Calling out McDonald's might be worse in your eyes than calling out Burger King, but at the end of the day, you can see that if their if their actions as corporations aren't net zero, if they're if their product isn't net zero, it's really difficult to celebrate the baby steps taken by either of those when people around the world are experiencing the effects of climate change firsthand. 
definitions of net zero do need to be tightened and respected. Otherwise, uh, we might end up with the illusion that our actions are net zero when they're only partially true. I think that was very well said and actually encapsulated a lot of my, what would have been my response. Uh, someone else responded, another sort of pro-business person. He has the the words maverick and entrepreneur in his uh, handle under his name on LinkedIn. So I guess that tells you what angle he's coming from. This guy says, well done, uh, well said. Companies taking their those first steps should be encouraged and celebrated. They didn't wait for others to change before they do something themselves. These changes, however small and clearly criticized, add to the overall larger change as they set a path, inspire others. As per the post, they should have opened in a place where patrons on bikes could travel to or pedestrians. McDonald's could have waited for that site or local infrastructure to make that happen, but they did start somewhere. Also, yes, they are in the business of selling meat burgers. Uh, couldn't have opened a McDonald's in a cow farm to have the farm-to-table concept. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a real suggestion. or It's a bit difficult in text sometimes. You can't really read someone's tone. Uh, he goes on to say, All I am saying is that, and it's noted with climate crusaders, that we start criticizing that it's not enough or that others should do more. I guess I'm a climate crusader, but guess it's better and nicer to appreciate the steps, no matter how small or big, spread it positively and inspire other companies, individuals, governments to do their bit. This is a pretty common sort of opinion and, and, and mindset you see, which is people say, if there's any sort of progress being made towards greater sustainability, reduced emissions, that's a good thing, should be encouraged and just, you know, don't think too critically about it, basically. <laughs> The problem I have with this is that I've never read an IPCC report that said, if we all take baby steps and do our bit, we'll be fine. What the, what the science tells us is that we need to take immediate, drastic action um, if we have any chance of keeping um, global warming, uh, climate change within uh, levels that are not disruptive to hundreds of millions of people around the planet. So that's why I don't buy into that, you know, uh, celebrate all the baby steps kind of thing. Now, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to talk about McDonald's as a company just for a second, and then I want to move past this because this this post wasn't really about McDonald's. It was just using them as an example to talk about some of the problems around discussing net zero in general. Um, if we go back to that DZ article um, that I linked in my post, I mean McDonald's does have legitimate climate targets. Um, so in the, in the article here, it says, uh, McDonald's has set itself a target to make all 1400 of its restaurants and offices in the UK meet net zero emission standards by 2030 and for its entire UK and Ireland business, including food to follow suit by 2040. Obviously, if McDonald's was carbon neutral as a business by 2040, that would be amazing. And that's great. And I definitely encourage that. Absolutely. Um, and, and you know, you might say that I, I, am, I am being overly critical looking at one restaurant when I'm not, when I haven't talked about um, the wider picture that this is the first step on their um, pretty ambitious journey uh, to reach net zero emissions. Um, I guess what I, what, what, and as I said, this, this isn't really about McDonald's. Um, and yes, they probably they are doing better than Burger King and many other of their competitors um and fair enough and also this you know there are aspects to this restaurant that are of the design of this restaurant that are genuinely interesting they have you know they've implemented a lot of circular um circularity circular economy elements um 
So it says here, uh, the restaurant's walls are insulated with wool from British sheep instead of man-made materials, while the cladding is crafted from recycled IT equipment and white household goods. I mean, that's pretty cool. Signs are made from used McDonald's coffee beans in what the chain described as an example of its actions to introduce circular waste solutions. In the car park, more than 1,000 curbstones were made from 182 recycled plastic bottles each, which McDonald's said reduced carbon emissions by 25 kilograms per curb compared to conventional concrete examples. Yes, great. The less concrete and the more recycled plastic we're using probably is the better, although uh, I'm sure you know, you'd have to run a full life, life cycle assessment to figure out actually what is better. Um, it goes on to say the drive-through lane was constructed from recycled tyres, producing less greenhouse gas than tarmac and reducing the amount of water washing down the drain by being more absorbent. Uh, Power is provided by two on-site wind turbines and 92 square metres of solar panels, etc., uh, etc. Et so there are, there are interesting things here um, that we should celebrate. Um, however, my the crux of my argument is that people outside of the industry... Um, people who haven't necessarily done the research and aren't exposed to these ideas won't be able to do that critical thinking and and, and realise actually what does net zero mean? Um, what are they taking into account when they consider their, their emissions? Uh, and then, you know, the big thing for me as an urban designer, as an urbanist, is what's the impact of that on the surrounding, um, the, the surrounding built environment? Um, what's the sort of impact on the wider urban ecosystem and community does this development actually serve to create a more sustainable place so to provide some sort of summary what i really want to invite you to do is when you see an a claim uh, about something being net zero carbon or someone talking about net zero carbon just think a bit outside the box think of the bigger picture what are they actually including in their uh, calculations what um, uh, what effect is this going to have from an urban design point of view on the surrounding location, on the community? Um, uh, what sort of lifestyles is it reinforcing? Is it car dependency or is it walkable, you know, 15-minute neighbourhoods? These are the kind of things that we, we need to start thinking about more and more and moving, uh, as well as the sort of hard engineering of, you know, what you have to do to insulate a building and provide you know, renewable energy and all that stuff that the technical stuff that we need to get right. We need to get, take that technical stuff and put it within a much wider context um, of the kind of places that we want to create. It's about placemaking at the end of the day. So for me, that is really the problem with net zero carbon um, is that it, it, it doesn't say anything about the type of places we're creating. And so I'd invite you as we, as we all go forward the next couple of decades on this, cru- <laughs> really a crusade, to achieve net zero carbon at a society level. Just remember that it's not just about the numbers, it's also about the kind of places we're creating and the kind of lifestyles that we're allowing people to live within those places. Uh, Very long-winded, sorry for rambling. I hope that was interesting. Um, I hope that allowed you to sort of think about these things in a more nuanced, uh, systematic way. I'll be back again shortly with some more interviews with people and some more slightly more structured episodes um, where I actually, uh, you know, think through what I'm going to say a bit more clearly. (laughs) Till then, uh, thanks for listening. See you next time.